This program is brought to you by Bible Media, overseen by the elders of the Chipman Road Church of Christ in Lee Summit, Missouri. James 4.8 states, Draw nigh unto God, and He will draw nigh unto you. There is no better way to draw near to the Father than through the medium of prayer. In prayer we get to talk with God, pour out our heart to Him, just like a child might to an earthly father. We shouldn't consider prayer to be a type of speech to inform God of our needs, because Jesus teaches us, Your Father knoweth the things you have need of before you ask of Him, Matthew 6, 8. But even though He knows our needs, He still expects us to ask for those things that we desire. And we have many desires, don't we? Prayer is powerful. We sing, prayer can change the night today. Do we really believe that? The things that are wrought by prayer cannot be measured. But a few biblical examples should impress us with its power. James writes, Elijah was a man of passions with us, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. James five seventeen and 18, and that's in the American Standard Version. If a fervent prayer of Elijah could stop the rain for three and a half years, and if another prayer from his lips causes the heavens to open up, surely James is correct when he says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. James 5.16 The Bible abounds in accounts of fulfilled prayers. Hannah prayed for a child, and God answered her petition. For Samuel 1 Nehemiah prayed for the Jews of Jerusalem, and through God's providence he was sent to that city to rebuild the walls. Nehemiah chapter 1 Solomon prayed for wisdom, and God gave him the riches and honor as well. And that was in First Kings 3 that we can read all about that. We need to learn how to pray. You know, the disciples even asked Jesus one time, Lord, teach us to pray. Luke 11, 1. The prayer which followed is usually called the Lord's Prayer, but probably it should be termed the model prayer, because in giving it, Jesus said, After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Matthew 6, 9. This prayer was offered as a means of teaching the disciples how to pray. It was never intended to be used as a memorized prayer. Notice carefully the language of Jesus. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We can read that in Matthew 6, 9-13. Now this prayer is to the point and very brief but it contains some of the most obvious components which might properly be included in a more lengthy prayer. There's at least six parts to prayer there. They are the address, praise, thanksgiving, confession, petition, and closing. The individual occasion will determine the length and emphasis to be placed on each of these, but, you know, prayer mostly should be from the heart as well. 
we need to send our heartfelt thoughts up to God. Some prayers, such as those offered for the bread and fruit of the vine in the Lord's Supper, might omit one or more of these parts. The address. Let's talk about that for a minute. All of our prayers should be addressed to God the Father rather than Christ. We pray through Jesus as our mediator, but are not told to pray to Him. Jesus appropriately began the model prayer with the words, Our Father, which art in heaven. There's many other ways to address God as we approach His throne of mercy, and we've heard many people do that. Praising is another. After Jesus, in the model prayer, addressed the Father, He continued saying, Hallowed be thy name. This is an expression of praise that we too often neglect in prayer. A study of the Psalms of David reveals his continual praise of God for his mercy, love, and justice. This appreciation <clears throat> excuse me, of the greatness of the Almighty partly explains why David is called a man after God's own heart. And then we see thanksgiving. James tells us every good gift and perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, James 1.17. There's many things for which we may thank God. Material blessings, food, clothing, shelter, and protection. Also, there are the wonderful spiritual blessings that we receive from Him. Christ, the Bible, the Church, and the hope of life eternal. Our thanksgiving should be sincere, not just a catalog of items that we mechanically enumerate. Confession is also included. In the parable of the Pharisee and the publican who went into the temple to pray, that we read of in Luke 18, Jesus states the publican was justified rather than the Pharisee because he humbled himself before God while the Pharisee did not. The Pharisee commended himself. The publican confessed his sinfulness. In approaching God, we must strip ourselves of pride by acknowledging our mistakes. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, nine. Petitions While the Father knows our needs, He expects, expects us to ask Him to fill them. We are instructed, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Matthew 7, 7-8 Since we are to confess our sins, we should not forget to ask God to forgive us as we forgive our debtors. Our petitions should include requests for a continuation of God's material <coughs> Excuse me and spiritual blessings. In the model prayer, Jesus asks for our daily bread, literally our bread, not for tomorrow or next week, but for this very day. We are to live one day at a time. Our prayer should be as specific as possible rather than being expressed in vague generalities. We should always ask that the will of God might be done. If we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. 1 John 5.14 Sometimes we pray for things that are not best for us. We should be willing to let God in His infinite wisdom fill our requests as He sees fit. Prayer should never be selfish. This doesn't mean that we shouldn't pray for the Father to fill our needs, but we shouldn't neglect to pray for others either. We ought to pray for those in authority, for the sick, for the lost, for the church, and even for our enemies, Matthew 5.44. The closing to a prayer. 
is important as well. No prayer should be ended without it being offered in the name of Jesus. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3.17 This is usually expressed at the close of a prayer. Although it may be properly stated elsewhere, the word Amen, which is used to terminate a prayer, just means so be it. It may be thought of as the exclamation point of a prayer, and it shouldn't ever be uttered without, uttered without thinking about what it really means. When to pray. Paul admonishes us to pray without ceasing, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Obviously, he doesn't mean we should be engaged in prayer every waking moment, but rather we should gain the thought that we should always be thoughtful of prayer, mindful of it, and that our prayer should be constant. We ought to pray to the Father whenever we feel the need of communing with him. Nehemiah prayed while in the presence of the king, Nehemiah 2.4. He probably offered a brief silent prayer, and it's likely that the king did not even know he prayed. But as he was about to make an important request to the king, he invoked divine aid that he might receive a favorable answer. Daniel had a pattern of prayer. Three times each day he prayed facing Jerusalem. We're not told that we must face Jerusalem as we pray, nor are we told how often we should pray. Yet the example of Daniel in establishing that habit of prayer should be followed by all. It's very difficult to be constant in prayer without having a definite time each day to approach the heavenly throne. I know some of us, you know, arise with prayer and go to bed with prayer. And that's really a good habit to get into as well. If we limit our prayers to just those special moments in which we feel a strong urge to pray, too often we just fail to pray altogether. So let's make sure that we remember that the practice of giving thanks for our food should be followed by every Christian. In this, we follow the example of Jesus, who never ate a meal without first giving thanks to the one who gave us all things. Many prayers go unanswered, and here's some reasons. Number one, Selfish request, James 4.3. 2. Failure to pray according to God's will, 1 John 5.14. 3. Vain repetitions, Matthew 5, 6 and 7. 4. Lack of faith, James 1.6-7. 5. Lack of constancy, Luke 18.1-8. Jesus teaches us to continue to ask for our wants rather than to ask a simple time and then forget about it. 6. A dishonest heart. This was the mistake of the Pharisee in the parables, previously noted. Finally, prayer is one of the most powerful tools the Christian has, but for prayer to be effective, it must be done according to God's word, it must be sincere, from the heart, done fervently and frequently, and done having faith that God will not only hear, but that he will answer. And I am so thankful for that, and I know you ladies are too. So I thank you for listening, and I hope this has been an informative and maybe uplifting podcast. So until the next time, thank you for listening. We thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Bible Media by visiting us at BibleWayMedia.org. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find all of our podcasts on all major podcast platforms. As always, we thank you for listening.